we have two specials. Cody Hamlin and Tristan Hopper have one, and Miss Lacey Llewellyn has the other one.
specials went together the Lord organized that and he showed out Luke 23 Luke 23 
And I want to read one verse tonight, and I want to talk about the crime against our Lord. I love, I don't watch a lot of television, but what little television I watch, I love to watch uh, shows like Law and Order and NCIS, investigative type shows, I love that. Uh, and every time there's a murder, every time there's a crime, there's always an investigation that is done, there is a... Uh, the purpose there is to uh, incriminate somebody and for justice to be served. And uh, any time any innocent person lose their life, there ought to be an investigation. There ought to be justice is what we say and what we think. But I want you to know there's never been a more innocent person die than Jesus Christ. And there was never an investigation, there was never charges pressed upon anybody, there was never any action ever taken. And friend, there has never been a death that was uh, that should have never took place because Jesus did not deserve what He received that day. And what we would say in our society today that justice was not served in what took place that day. So I want to think about the crime against our Lord this evening. And I want to look at just a few words in this verse, Luke 23 and verse 33. And I want to look at a few things tonight. Uh, if there was an investigation done, I want to look and talk about some areas that we would look at in this crime, uh, if you think about, if you ever watch, or if you know anything about investigation, uh, there are several areas that they look at when it comes to investigating a homicide. Uh, first off, the place where the crime took place. Number two, the people involved in the crime, the witnesses, the suspects involved there. Number three, the means of the crime, or the weapons, or the cause of death. And number four, the victim of the crime. Luke 23 and verse 33, the Bible said, And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified Him. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for taking my place. Thank You for taking my place at Calvary. That was my death to die, and You died for me. Thank You. Thank You, Lord, that You were separated from Your Father that day so that I will never have to experience that eternal separation from Him. You took that for me, and I thank You, Lord, for that. Thank You for dying for me. Thank You for giving Your all for me, so that I might be rich through You. Lord, I'm just going to exalt You, and I'm going to brag on You tonight. To You be all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to look at those four words. There they crucified Him. And I want to look at those four words and investigate the crime against our Lord. Number one, there is the place. There they crucified Him. There is the place called Calvary. Calvary is the Latin word translated from the Greek word cranium, which is where we get our word cranium, which simply means skull. This is a, a synonym of the Arabic term Golgotha, meaning the place 
of the skull. And it is called this for the sole purpose. Uh, if you look at it, this is where we believe that Golgotha is. There's many places that uh, many different people think that Jesus died, and many people think that is Golgotha. But this is where most Christians believe that Golgotha is, and you can clearly see why. Because when you look at it, you can see the indention of the skull inside of the mountain. Just this side of the mountain, about 200 yards, is the garden tomb. This is just across the Kidron Valley of the old city of David in the city of Jerusalem. This is the place where we believe that Jesus was crucified. This is the place where Jesus uh, was crucified and died the death that day upon that cross. This is the place where the crime took place. A lot of people believe that it is called the place of the skull because you can see a skull in the side of the mountain. Others believe that they called it the place of the skull or Golgotha simply because of all of the skeletal remains that were left there throughout all of the years of the crucifixions and the deaths that had taken place there. And they say in the history there on the place of Golgotha is that the stench of that place could be smelled from way off because there were so many remains and different things that took place there and everybody really avoided that place because this place is a picture of shame. It's a picture of torment. Nobody in their right mind wanted to go to that place called Calvary or Golgotha because in that day they knew that is the place where people would die. They knew this was a place where people would be put to death. They knew that justice, what they thought, would be served right there at Calvary. When people would go to Jerusalem, they would avoid this place called Calvary. Today in our Christian society, this place is celebrated. Hey, back then it wasn't celebrated, but praise God, we can celebrate the place called Calvary today. Because it is a place that we see that Jesus Christ went in our place. We see that He took upon Himself our sins there in that place. There in that place, Jesus took the sins of the world and He nailed it to the cross. There, that day of the place of Calvary is where justice was served. I want you to know that the price of our sin has been paid in full. And it was paid in full at the place called Calvary. I'm thankful today for the place called Calvary. I'm thankful today for the place called Golgotha. It is the place that the greatest crime, the greatest injustice that has ever occurred in mankind, it took place right there at Golgotha. A terrible crime, a terrible thing. But today we can praise the Lord for that place called Calvary. Because it is a place of celebration for us as Christians. Number two, notice there they. Notice the day, the they there. The people involved in this crime. When you think of they, they crucified Him. A murder is not an accident of nature, and it's definitely not a suicide. This involves the taking of human life by another human. Murder involves intent and motive. It involves hatred and anger. It requires one to commit an act contrary to human reasoning. Any time that a murder takes place is normally because somebody is angry or has a hatred. May I tell you that day the crime that took place against our Lord was out of hatred. 
I want you to know that they hated our Savior Jesus Christ. They crucified Him because they hated Him. They despised Him. You say, preacher, who is the they? Well, there's a lot of people that we can fill in the they there. They are the Roman soldiers. The Roman soldiers are the one that took the cat of nine tails and they put against the back. The, the Roman soldiers are the one that let them out of the hall and let them down the street and made him bear that cross and led them to Calvary. The Roman soldiers are the ones that drove the nails. The Roman soldier was the one that put the, 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 the crown of thorns upon the head of our Lord and Savior. So, if we talk about they, friend, the Roman soldiers are guilty. The Roman soldiers did everything that they could to put all of the pain and agony upon the person of Jesus. And friend, they did a good job. I'm telling you, they wanted Him to suffer. They wanted Him to be humiliated. And friend, it took place. It happened. They were successful in their intent. They intended to murder Him, to humiliate Him, to make Him a spectacle for all society to see. And friend, they were successful. The Roman soldiers are they, but they are also the Jews. The Jews hated Jesus. Let me tell you something. Why did Jesus come? To save the Jews. And the people that He came to save are the ones that put Him to death. They hated Jesus. When Jesus went out that day and He raised Lazarus from the dead... Do you remember what happened? The the chief priests and the Pharisees, they all got together. And Caiaphas, they went together and they said, Hey, we don't like this man because his power is beyond measure. We need to put him to death. And the Bible said that he was arrested. When Jesus was arrested, he was taken to the chief priest. He was taken to those people. It said in Matthew twenty six fifty nine. Now the chief priest and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put Him to death. The very people that He came to save, they put Him to death. Who are they? The Jews are they. May I tell you that Pilate can be part of they. Pilate had the power. Pilate had the ability to set Him free. He had the right to set Him free. If you remember that He took Jesus and He took Barabbas. Do you remember that? And he offered them to the people, which one do you want to set free? Friend, Pilate had all the power in all the world to put him or to free him that day. But he said, no, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. And so he did not do anything. He said, people, you can have your will. You can have your way. They is Pilate. Another one of they is Judas Iscariot. He betrayed the Lord, didn't he? Are you all with me tonight? He betrayed the Lord. He turned His back on the Lord. He deceived the Lord. He deceived the church. He deceived the disciples. Friend, why did He do it? For a few pieces of silver. That's all that He could think of was money. And friend, the one that came to love Him, the one that came to give His life for, Judas betrayed. Judas betrayed Jesus. Judas crucified Jesus. Think about they. Who else is involved in this crime? If you want to get literal about it, God the Father is part of they because before the foundation of the world, God foreordained a plan that one day His Son would come to the earth and live a sinless life. 
And there that day that Jesus died upon Calvary, it was part of the heavenly plan that God foreordained before the foundation of the world. A lot of people is part of they. But let me tell you who really is a part of they. Look with me in Isaiah 53. We can point a finger at the Roman soldiers. We can point a finger at the Jews. We can point a finger at Pilate and Judas and God. We can point a finger everywhere. But may I tell you that we tonight are ultimately responsible for the death of Jesus. When the Bible said, they're they, I am they. I am the reason that Jesus was put to death. Notice Isaiah 53. Oh, I love Isaiah 53. Notice what it said in verse 3. He is despised and rejected a man, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid as it was our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him, esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Listen now, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. They is you, and they is me. We are guilty tonight. We are they that crucified Him. We can point at the Roman soldiers and the Jews and Pilate and Judas, but friend, everyone in this building is guilty, guilty as charged of putting the death and the crucifixion upon Jesus Christ. He died because of you. And He died because of me. Me, me, I am part of they tonight. Notice back in our text, there they crucified. That weapon, crucified. They crucified Him. The act of crucifixion was invented by the Phoenicians around 600 B.C. And later on, Alexander the Great introduced this act to the Romans. And they're the ones that perfected it as an act of execution. Their motto was put the cross on the slave, not the slave on the cross. It was the worst type of death involved for a person. The public humiliations, the beatings and the tortures, the mocking that led up to the, to the act were awful. And I want you to know that the hardest, most difficult way to die in that day was to be crucified by the Romans. I want you to hold your spot there and look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 21. Deuteronomy chapter 21. And I want you to realize and understand what it did that day by Jesus being crucified, by Him hanging on that tree. I want us to notice what it did to Him that day. In Deuteronomy 21, this is part of the law of God. It says in Deuteronomy 21 and verse 22, And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, He be to be put to death, and thou hang him on a tree. Listen now. His body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. Listen, for he that is hanged is accursed of God, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance for anybody in the Jewish religion and the Jewish tradition and culture for anybody to hang upon a tree means that you are accursed from God. 
And for the picture for the Jews, for him to be laying upon that tree means that he was a curse from God. Friend, I want you to know that that day when Jesus was crucified, in order for us to be saved, He was going to have to be a curse from the Father. That means that the Father was going to have to separate Himself from the Son. And we know that day that darkness fell upon the cross of Calvary. Galatians 3.13 Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. I want you to know that day that Jesus was on a tree, that, that was a picture and a sign of somebody being cursed. Let me tell you something. The curse was not upon Him. It was upon us. And He took that curse that was upon humanity and He placed it upon Himself. You say, how did He do that? Because He allowed Himself to be put on that tree. And the Old Testament said that anybody that hangs on a tree is a curse from God. Okay, He was separated from God that day. That's the weapon. That was the part of death, the crucifixion, that He that day was separated from God. Think about this. Never before, never before in the history of humanity, in the history of the earth, in the history of God Himself, never has God the Father and God the Son been separated until now. He was accursed. Friend, I can't think of anything worse. I cannot think of anything worse that can happen to anybody than being separated from God. But let me tell you, if you're lost tonight and you leave this old earth lost, you will be forever separated from God. You will never be able to enter into the presence of God. You say, preacher, I just don't... Let me tell you something. Jesus took that separation so that you'll never have to. I'll never be separated from God. Amen? I'll never be accursed because Jesus was accursed for me and for you. He took that separation so that you'll never have to. Listen, there they crucified Him. Think about the victim for a minute and we're going to be done. Think about Jesus laying there upon the cross. We know that He was the Son of the living God. We know that He was born of a virgin. We know that He lived a sinless life and He performed miracles and He went about. Man, let me tell you something. Nobody has ever contributed more to society than uh, Jesus and the person of Jesus during His earthly ministry. Everything He did was good for us. It was good for the people that was around Him. Let me tell you something. This man was not a nuisance to society. He was not a man that you would just uh, cast off because he was a troublemaker or he got on your nerves. Let me tell you something. Jesus was popular everywhere he went. People fell in love with him. I want you to know that Jesus was an outstanding citizen. He uh, was above all. He still today is above all. He lived above anybody has ever lived before. Let me tell you something. It wasn't that he just came from the wrong side of town, friend. I want you to know that Jesus never made a mistake. He never made 
made a mistake like I do all the time. He never committed a sin. He never got to the place where he was disobedient to his parents. I want you to know he was a perfect child as he grew up. Amen? I want you to know that as he lived life, he never told a lie. He never stole anything. He never done anything. But there they crucified him. Hmm. Pilate even said, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. Peter said that he did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Paul said that Jesus was holy and harmless and undefiled. That's him. Let me tell you something. There's guilty people that die today, and we want to riot. And we want to cause the biggest stink because people getting caught doing guilty things are shot by a police officer or something like that. And we want to cause the biggest stink because they're shot and killed. Never in the history of mankind was there ever more of an innocent man to die than Jesus Christ. And not one person has ever rioted. Not one person has ever said anything about the injustice that took place that day at Calvary. We want to riot because guilty people are getting shot. Friend, what about the innocent man named Jesus? We never cause us to think about that, friend. What an injustice that took place that day. But let me finish with this. If he wanted to come off of that cross, he could have done it. He could have called 12 legions of angels. And before we get too hung up on the power of the Roman soldiers and the power of the Jews, Jesus had the power to come down from that cross. But the Bible said that He gave His life freely. He laid down His life for you. And He laid it down for me. There they crucified Him. Let me ask you tonight. You say, preacher, I've heard the cross preached 500 times. Friend, the preaching of the cross ought to move you every time you hear it. It ought to move you every time you hear it. Because, friend, when I think about the injustice, it breaks my heart. But when I'm reminded of why that injustice took place, it blesses my heart. Because that took place so that I might be saved. So that I might be forgiven. So that I might be redeemed. And maybe you're here tonight, you've never been saved. You never have to face separation because Jesus has already faced it for you. Be saved tonight. You know, that's silly to die and go to hell when Jesus took hell for us at Calvary. That's silly. Friend, be saved tonight. Child of God, we're fixing to come to the Lord's table. We've been put into remembrance of what He's done for us. Maybe before we enter this table and we come to this supper, maybe we need to get some things right with the Lord. The Bible said don't drink of the cup unworthily. That means we need to get sins out. We need to take them before the blood of Jesus and we need to let Him forgive us tonight. I want, uh, Miss Dean, are you playing the piano? Whoever's playing, if you would come. Let's stand. We're going to do it kind of like we did this morning. And for this invitation, every head bowed, every eye closed. And Miss Dean is just going to play, and these altars are open. If you need to get some things right with the Lord before we take this, 
But maybe you're here and you need to make a public decision. Maybe you need to be saved. Would you come tonight? As she plays, y'all come.